0: Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about BetOnline.ag. It's conference championship week in college football. We're headed into the last month of pro football. Basketball and hockey are in full swing, and BetOnline has you covered with all of the props, odds, promos, and parlays during the sports calendar. Use our promo code Believe. that's B-L-E-A-V, to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game Starts.
1: How you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well today. How are you? Good, no complaints. No complaints whatsoever. Excited to chat with you, man. All right, well uh, I'm in the middle of
0: a rainstorm right now, so that's fun. Uh, what what you got on your mind today? Uh, I know there's a lot going on in the world of sports, uh, so I'll turn it over to you, see what you're interested
1: in. Well, <laughs> a lot. I mean, shoot, you know, we got, got a lot of college football coming up this weekend, uh, championship weekend, which... Uh, I think it's getting a little old. I really don't think we need these games. I'm glad to see that the uh, playoffs have expanded uh, in the near future, so we probably don't need these conference championship meaningless games. Uh, College Hoops in pretty good form right now as we sit here in December. And, of course, nothing bigger than the NFL. Or you can make an argument and say there's nothing bigger than the World Cup, which uh, has had my attention over the last two weeks. So, So a lot going on in sports. A great time of the year. Yeah, everything's going
0: on all at once on this uh, wonderful Black Friday weekend that just passed. I think literally there was like, I think, sporting events from like 2 a.m. West Coast time until 2 a.m. West Coast time the next day, if you count all of the college football that went on. So, yeah, I I think this is definitely a gambler's paradise of sorts.
1: Um, I was about to say, if you like to bet, then this... That that past week that you just alluded to, uh, Friday through Sunday. Oh my gosh! I mean, it was just nonstop action. It was fun. Yeah,
0: they've set up that Black Friday weekend well, and now I know the World Cup's going to go away. But the next year, I think they're going to do NFL on Black Friday now. So they are they are con- all consuming on that schedule of that four day weekend that people have. So that part was cool. You you kind of dismissed the conference championship weekend and. I think I'm kind of behind that um just cuz the games that matter only get teams in trouble at this point like USC is going to play a conference championship game on a Friday night that I'm sure people are going to wake up the next day and either recognize oh hey USC's in the playoff or oh my gosh USC's out of the playoff and I didn't realize it so Yeah, there's a Friday Pac-12 championship game. And as long as TCU takes care of business, that's really the only games that matter. There's no Alabama-Georgia game like last year to captivate our attention.
1: Yeah, the the USC-Utah game is the most heavily public uh, bet, I think, of of all of these games. Everybody's on USC, and it scares the heck out of me as someone who really wants to back the Trojans on the money line. I just can't do it, Kyle. I just feel like, like... uh, Utah is the only team that has the recipe. It seems like for USC over the last few years, even the bad USC teams, Utah took care of. and this good U- USC team, Utah beat them in Salt Lake. This will be a neutral fast track in Vegas, but um, to me, it's a dive in, look and play. Very excited for the game, you know. Despite despite not really loving conference championship weekend, that's really the only game that I that I'm really eager to see. The K State TCU game, somewhat intriguing as well. TCU deserves to be in there with their schedule if they lose by – I think if they lose by a touchdown or under, they've already beaten this team. Let's keep TCU in in the mix here as a number four seed, in my opinion. Um, The other thing that's intriguing to me is the Buckeyes. I kind of do want to see Ohio State and Michigan on a neutral somehow. If Ohio State could slip in as the three seed, let's say TCU lost and USC lost, there's a chance that – Ohio State slips in as a three, and this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity because in my lifetime, I I, I, don't, I don't think we've ever seen Ohio State versus Michigan on a neutral. Uh, I would find that to be super fascinating and more intrigued by that matchup than any potential matchup of, of all the different possibilities that can happen for the Wolverines, whoever they play in that semifinal, whether it's TCU, USC. Uh, it would be Ohio State is the team that I want to see them play against. I want to see how resilient Ohio State is after getting you know smashed in Columbus and I want to see if Michigan is capable of beating the same team you know two times in in, in a matter of you know six weeks so I'm um, kind of hoping to see Ohio State slip in there I know a lot of people don't agree with me on that on, the, on that stance but uh, that would be the most intriguing thing that could happen over the next several weeks.
0: I think I agree with you and it's not like the I, I think the thing that kind of gets associated is when there's a lot of Ohio State talk at it instinctively has to be anti-USC or anti-TCU, it feels like at this point, which for me, I think the intrigue is up until like seven days ago, I was thinking that Ohio State was the only team that posed a threat to Georgia. And so I was just assuming that Ohio State, if and when they beat Michigan, which they certainly did not, (laughs) um, I was thinking that they would be kind of the team that coast to the championship. And now I look up and I'm like, I mean, I guess Michigan is going to beat TCU if they potentially match up, but I don't think it's as much of a blowout as other people might point to it. And uh, USC would be an interesting matchup, but I I think I'm with you too. You you know, part of it is Ohio State has so many five-star prospects, but yeah, I I think I'm with you. I'm intrigued by the possibility of Ohio State coming in, and I'm glad you alerted me to that Utah-USC game that I guess is going to be tonight when people are listening to this podcast on Friday, is that... The money, 72% on the money line is going towards USC and sixty uh, 65% on the spread is going to USC. So Vegas has a, a slight lean towards Utah, which is incredibly fascinating because that would throw a wrench in the entire playoff fixture.
1: Yeah, Vegas is really going to need the Utes in this position. Let me say this about Michigan. Really impressive performance uh, on Saturday of last week against Ohio State. Ohio State played a defense that really surprised me really expected them to not play so much for the run and play for the pass. Well, they just loaded up the box too many times and there were some big explosive plays. Uh, I think you mentioned Michigan-TCU won't be that big of a blowout if this matchup transpires. I agree with you there, Kyle. I, I, don't, I don't think Michigan's that great. I mean, I saw what Michigan did against Illinois – so what they did against other teams such as Iowa didn't really impress me too much. I mean, McCarthy's a great quarterback. Uh, we know Jim Harbaugh knows how to coach the offense defense is pretty good as well, but this Michigan team, I don't think they're better than Ohio state. Yes. They deserve to be labeled as better than Ohio state because they blew them out. But we're talking about, Three sides of the football, special teams, defense, and offense. I do think if these teams play a rematch, the opportunity will be there for Ohio State. Michigan's probably a a two-and-a-half-point favor, but I do like Ohio State as the overall better team. So if Michigan gets there, I don't think there's a team that really should be threatened by the Wolverines. I think Georgia-Michigan could be yet another blowout, as we saw last year in the Orange Bowl in the semifinals. So I'm really hoping that Ohio State can somehow – reach the semifinals and get the revenge that, that, that they need. I'm not an Ohio State homer. I have no affiliation to the Buckeyes. I just think that's going to be the most fascinating opportunity to see this on a neutral field. As far as the Trojans go, I think they're really good. They've had a lot of luck, though. They, they they've turned over teams uh, with a lot of luck. Uh, you know, if you believe in luck like I do, uh, you should see some of the interceptions they've had, some of the fumbles. The Trojans are not a great defensive team. Their offense is right now extremely, extremely fluent. So I think the Trojans will be in pretty good shape on offense. But how are they going to stop UGA? If they play uh, UGA, wherever that game may be, whether it's in Miami, Dallas, doesn't matter where it is. I just don't see them uh, stopping anybody right now. Even the TCU offense is probably a threat to, to USC, the Wolverines as well. So I think USC, of all the four teams we've just talked about, or five teams I should say, is probably the most fugazi. I really think their defense will struggle against the elite teams, and I, I really think Utah is going to give them a lot of problems tomorrow night. So uh, look look at a live spot there. You know, if, if Utah gets up early, you're going to get some really good live odds because Utah was the early pre-flop dog. So I may jump on Utah if they can get up a little bit early.
0: Vegas is also leaning towards TCU as well. Seventy percent of the dollars on the money line, and TCU and USC are both about the same. TCU minus one forty. USC is minus 150, but you can probably get either value depending on the website you go to. So TCU also 70% money line 72% of the bets at two and a half are on TCU to is there a possibility that both of those teams end up dropping a game this weekend? I mean, it seems to be the direction Vegas is leaning.
1: Well, K-State, you know, they went down to Fort Worth and they had a commanding lead over TCU several weeks ago, I believe some some point, maybe in mid to late October. I think it was right in, you know, right before Halloween where K-State I think had a 10 to 14 point lead. Could be wrong there. I just from I didn't bet that game so I don't really remember the game script too well. Uh, I think Kansas State's a live dog here. Absolutely. Kansas State, their offense is really good. Um, their defense is pretty good as well. I think TCU's defense is a little bit more elite than K-State. Um, yet another game really don't like, Kyle. Probably a dive-in play for me. There's just... These games are really difficult to handicap. Really, the only game that I like is probably Purdue plus the points. Um, this this Purdue team has played very well as an underdog all season long as a favorite. They're pretty weak. They, you know, they covered the number against Indiana last week, but if you look at the overall body of work, Purdue as a favorite, probably covering at about 20 20% clip as an underdog, probably covering about a 70 to 75% clip. Uh, this, there's a lot of points here for Michigan. I, I think Michigan is going to win this game. Probably no problem. Probably have a slip in backdoor cover for Purdue or maybe Purdue keeps it close. But the, the only game that I really like in this slate right now, without going into it live, I'll preflop bet. Maybe the Purdue bowl
0: Kansas state's defense had one of my favorite stats this season. Cause I was doing research when I was uh, doing another game, Uh, That they had earlier in the year. One of my favorite stats was that to start the season, they had uh, four games in which their defense allowed fewer than 12 points and four games in which their defense allowed more than 30 points. So Kansas State's defense is a boomer bus situation. It leveled out a little bit towards the end of the season, but they only gave up three against Baylor. And then the following week gave up 31 to West Virginia and 34 to Texas. So Kansas State has the most boomer bus defense I've ever seen, which basically is like how the Big 12 goes this year, where I'm just like TCU, K State could be 10-7 and I'd believe it and it could be 45-40 and I'd believe it because the Big 12 has just been that crazy this year.
1: Yeah, and Kansas State was on ice skates last Saturday night against KU in the Sunflower Showdown. I mean, they they just they scored way too many points for KU to catch up. They made some some big plays on defense, but at the end of the day, Kansas State was struggling against this somewhat high-powered KU offense. Now we go into TCU, which has a lot more explosive players, has a better quarterback in my opinion, probably one of the top 5 quarterbacks. In the whole country, so I, I think this is a really difficult game to handicap. If you had to bet this game, I probably would take the TCU Frogs on the money line, and then probably try to buy up somehow K State to a key number of three. You probably have to pay a dollar seventy to do that. So you have K State at plus three, maybe minus one seventy. Then you have TCU money line maybe at minus one forty. So you're guaranteed to split, right? You know the game is going to split for you, and hopefully somehow you get a middle bet there, but. Not the, not the game that I really like. I think the another intriguing game is the ACC championship here with Carolina and Clemson looked horrible last weekend. Um, mm-hmm. And, I, I, you know, this is about as true neutral as you get. Um, there, it's, it's fascinating how Charlotte is right in between, smack in between the two towns of Clemson, South Carolina, and Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Both are about just over a two-hour drive, two hours and 15 minutes. So it should be a really cool atmosphere to see half the stadium, orange, half the stadium, Carolina blue at bank of America. Um, You know, Clemson's offense is not good and Carolina's defense is really bad. So that's the good versus the bad. Then you have a great Carolina offense, which has sputtered the last two weeks versus a very average Carolina defense. I, I don't like Clemson here at all. I don't, I just don't, I just don't trust their 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 offense, but I don't trust Carolina's defense too much. Kyle, give <laughs> me the Tar Heels plus the points for a very small unit play. And if you really like Clemson, I would play the money line. It's too much of a price tag to pay on its own, so maybe a parlay. Look for a partner for Clemson somewhere in the NFL maybe and uh, use Clemson on a money line there. But overall, if you're laying 7.5 or 8 with Clemson, that's asking a lot because they just don't have the offense um, to, to show a lot of firepower. Their their I, offense I, against South Carolina really sputtered in the second half.
0: I gotta show some love to the Mountain West. Any thoughts on Fresno versus Boise this weekend in that game?
1: Yeah, it's a great game. I mean, Boise State had the good fortune to play Fresno State without their starting quarterback. So now Fresno's starting starting quarterback is, is back and he's the best quarterback probably in their conference. And I think the betting public's gonna really love Fresno State here. I think the numbers dropped a little bit. So you know. When that happens, it looks pretty easy to me to take Fresno State here. The spot looks right. I mean, Fresno State's been the better team. Boise State. I mean, with the with the worst bad beat of the year uh, transpired last Saturday with uh, Boise State and Utah State. Utah State, uh, a 15-and-a-half, 16-point underdog, uh, down by maybe four or five to Boise State with under two minutes to go, actually inside the red zone, trying to score to take the lead as a 15-point favorite. And then uh, somehow Boise State, two pick-sixes, and that's the end of the game, and Utah State doesn't come. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, it it was unbelievable. I mean, I'm glad I was not a part of that Utah State money because it is the worst bad beat in the history. uh, uh, I shouldn't say history. Is the worst bad beat by far in 2022 in college football and the NFL. Uh, Utah State plus 15 and a half. So, uh, long story short, um, Boise State not the better team over the last five or six games. I think Boise State escaped uh, a very, a very difficult task, barely beating Wyoming. If I, if I have that correct, um, and Fresno State's been, they've been rolling. Um, so. My 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 prediction here is Boise State wins because I'm using the reverse logic. Everyone, I think, is going to be all over Fresno State plus the points. But this will be a very difficult task to win in Boise, Idaho. Um, it's going to be freezing, I'm sure. Fresno State players probably not used to that weather. Uh, or the fan base finally getting themselves a conference championship game that is going to hopefully come back to Boise, the Boise State Broncos. Don't love it big, but lean on the Boise State Broncos money line just because too many people will love taking uh, Fresno State here.
0: Yeah, and Vegas is kind of hedging their bet a little bit. It's literally 50-50 right now at the plus three spread for Fresno State. 50% 50 of the money's on Fresno, 50% of the money's on Boise sitting at three points. So they feel pretty confident that three points is going to be about the difference for them to to break even on the bank.
1: Well, I think the market has dropped the line from uh, what what was the opening line for this game? I want to say it was four or four and a half. Do I have that right?
0: Uh, I see four here. Okay, this is yeah. Bet Online Sportsbook started at four.
1: Yeah, so the market's driven it a little bit towards uh, FSU. We can call them FSU um, if you're a West Coast person, Fresno State. Yeah, so it's close I, enough. I, it's close <laughs> enough. Yeah, I, I, I think Boise's a play here, J- just because they're home. Just because I think that Fresno is the darling of the Mountain West over the last you know six weeks or so since Halloween. So, uh, give me Boise on the money line, but not not big. N- none of these are big unit plays, Kyle. I-, I don't like these. These type of games that much. I've never been into conference championship games, never went into a conference championship game with a ton of confidence. Can't, I don't feel great about the ACC, the SEC, the back doors. It's just open there for LSU, but where, where, where are the, where are the point's going to come if you're an LSU backer, right? I mean, this game very easily can, can be 37 to 10, or it, it could be, Tied at 24 in the third quarter. It's just, you know, it's just really hard to figure out this LSU team. Uh, not that impressed with their offense. Went down to College Station knowing they're going to Atlanta for the SEC championship game, and, boy, they looked horrible. Laid I, an egg. Yeah. Yeah. Laid yeah, an egg against Texas A&M. The Texas A&M is a really bad football team. So, uh, you know, I think that I would imagine more people will put their money on Georgia here, but. I, I would be a little wary about the back door. You know, the back door is going to be open when the point spread is that high. LSU has a good enough defense to contain Georgia to not win by 18 or more points. If you get 17 and a half at some point, you know, on Saturday, probably lean towards LSU. But anything under 17, eh, it's just a no play for me.
0: How weird is it that LSU and Georgia has the same point spread as Michigan and Purdue? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's why I like Purdue. I think I think Purdue has some some really good players on offense. Their defense is going to struggle. I mean, they they Michigan's going to score. You you just have to hope that that Purdue puts up a, a two touchdowns and a field goal and I think you're in pretty good shape to cover that number. I'd like to see this game end at a 30 to 17 number to where you're you're comfortably covering with Purdue. But, you know, I could we, we've seen these bad teams, cut, ro- you know, roll into Indianapolis like a Northwestern or whoever it may be and, and just get rolled over at times, uh, you know, 35, nothing to the Buckeyes early. I remember some of the Wisconsin teams that were pretty good. Last year Nebraska. didn't
0: Iowa lose by like
1: 42? Yeah, Iowa came in uh, to uh to the Big Ten championship game against Michigan and probably the easiest bet of the year. I think uh Michigan was maybe ten and a half or nine and a half. It was a joke. And so yeah, it's a little scary, but um I, I do think this Purdue team is is better than 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 Iowa was last year. And um I, I look for Purdue to cover this number. I, I have a pretty good beat on this game.
0: Okay, I will take your word for it as someone who has not followed much Purdue. The only thing I—I I, Purdue football exists for in my mind is just to ruin everyone's time because uh, I think of the Purdue game being where like they play Ohio State and beat them by 25 points and then they don't make the playoff and Urban Meyer gets quietly forced out and then... Last year, Iowa was ranked number two, and Purdue went in and beat them at home. So, like, that's what I think of Purdue's program existing for. I doubt it's going to happen in this game, but, like, Purdue has done wackier things in wackier situations.
1: Well, look out for Purdue basketball, because they look really good this season. Zach Eady probably has a chance to win uh, National Player of the Year. So, uh, Purdue Purdue should be happy with athletics right now. Big Ten Championship game uh, up for grabs in two days from now, and I think the Boilermakers probably a top-five team in the country.
0: Yeah, how about that? I mean, it's still Painter's the coach there, right? He's still at yep, Purdue. He is, yeah.
1: Yeah, he's been there okay. for I think sixty-two years now. It feels like, yeah,
0: at least my entire lifetime. And somehow, yeah. he's, it, somehow, he hasn't aged yeah. like he. His key to aging. I don't know how old he is, but he's looked like forty-eight for like fifteen years. So I think that's kind of the key for him. I'm sure he's probably close to sixty now, but. I think uh, Matt
1: Painter. I think he's probably in his mid fifties. So we'll have to look that up. I'll put an over under of fifty six and a half for Matt Painter. How about that?
0: <laughs> Either way, he's looked about the same age my entire life, and uh, he's kind of got the key to aging down. He is only fifty two years old.
1: Okay, there you go. So I hit the under. Hits there you go. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's only fifty two, and uh, he has been there since two thousand five. Wow, he got that job young.
1: How about that? He did. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Thirty five years old, right?
0: I think that's correct. yeah, Purdue yeah. Uh, he's been there my, literally my entire basketball watching lifetime. he's been the head coach at Purdue and uh I guess they've got a top five team again for the first time since what was that the Carson Edwards season where they went to the
1: elite eight I think they were they had, He's had he's had some really good teams. I think I think last year Kyle was the team that that really should have done more damage. It was so disappointing last year if you're a Purdue fan they they were seated I want to say three. In the NCAA tournament, and they probably could have been a one seed. Just so many disappointing losses. Uh, Travion Williams, you know, just such a disappointment at times, and he's such a such a great player for Purdue. And then. They just had they had the right they had the right chemistry. I think Mason Gillis was a huge disappointment. Hopefully he he comes back this year and plays much better. But yeah, overall, Purdue Matt Painter has had great teams. That's not an easy place to recruit. I mean, West Lafayette, Indiana, is not the sexiest place in the world to go to college. Um, there is rich tradition with basketball in Indiana. There's no doubt. But gotta give Matt Painter a lot of credit. I, I, he's the dean of the Big Ten by a mile. So. Uh, let's see what this team can do. I, I've always liked Matt Painter pulling for the Boilermakers to do something special this year.
0: I've already forgotten that they lost to St. Peter's. I already yes, forgot they that they yeah. were the yeah. they were
1: the team that lost to them. Yeah, yeah, they did lost. They did lose the St. Peter's, and I don't. Even, I mean, I just it's hard to believe that happened with the talent they have. But uh, you can. It was a Kentucky lost them too, right? Kentucky was a two seed, and and yeah. Purdue was a three seed. Yeah, that, that's right. Yep.
0: Yeah, I'd already forgotten that that they were the team that had like I mean because no 15 seed has ever made it to the elite eight so quite possibly the wackiest upset in the history or the deepest upset in the history of March Madness is oh. was Purdue last year I'd already forgotten about that and then Jaden Ivey went top five in the draft.
1: Yeah, yeah, Jaden Ivey. I mean, just, the team was incredible. Uh, the most disappointing Purdue team I think uh, in Matt Painter's uh, career, even though they had a very solid. Uh, regular season, right? They, uh, they, they're number three, you know, seed in their region, but not good enough with that team. That, that team, that team should have made it the final four. I want to
0: pivot here a little bit to the NFL. I know that we're releasing this on Friday. So that Buffalo and new England game is going to be over by the time that, that we come around. I think that's the most interesting game of the week for my money. Uh, just I'm, as someone who's not a gambler, I think Buffalo and Pitts, at uh, Buffalo and, and the Patriots is immensely interesting. Um, but I am interested also in Kansas City and Cincinnati this week. I'm su- I'm super interested in how Kansas City's offense is going to match up against Cincinnati. So I'll kind of turn over to you like either of those games, anything else you're interested in in the NFL. Those are two games that I'm like genuinely interested. And a lot of weeks I come here and I'm like, oh, you know, there's bad teams versus bad teams. But I think that both of those matchups are super interesting.
1: There's, there, there are some great matchups this weekend. I, I think you, you've hit on probably two of the top four for sure. We can start with Buffalo, who is a very difficult team to handicap at this point. They don't cover the number, Kyle. 0 for 5 in their last five games covering the number. So if you had the Bills ATS for five straight games, you need to go to your local bank and try to get a, a low interest rate loan. Because uh, it's not going well for you if you've backed the Buffalo Bills tonight is another example of that. Now, here's the difference, Kyle, between, you know, Minnesota, Detroit, and Cleveland, okay? Their number is under four points tonight. All the games I mentioned had a point spread of seven or higher, six and a half or higher, so that's a tough number to cover, especially on the road when, you know, they should have, you know, Minnesota was not on the road, but Detroit was on the road and Cleveland was neutral. Well, now they're on the road again. And this Buffalo team has really has had a rough, you know, go over the last few weeks with injuries, the flu that's going through the locker room in Buffalo over the last five days since Thanksgiving. And of course, you know, missing a home game, having to travel to Detroit. So things are not very uh, exciting for the bills locker room right now. But with that being said, they are a win away tonight and a Cincinnati win on Sunday to be the number one seed. In the AFC again. So, I, I like them tonight. This is a good spot. Under four points. I like the Bills' value here. Uh, that Where are the points going to come from New England to match with Buffalo? Now, New England's going to score. Buffalo's defense is not good. Uh, they, have, they have had injuries. Von Miller's out. They're getting healthier on the back end. But I like New England in this spot from a standpoint of getting it at four and a half this game probably can get under a touchdown where maybe the Bills are up ten or eleven late in New England, you know, gets you back in the game with a with a garbage touchdown. But it's the Bills money line, especially now that this line has dropped to three and a half. I don't know what you're seeing at a money line value if it's under a dollar eighty. Really like Buffalo here in this spot, and then of course sprinkle in a little bit of Patriots plus four or four and a half if you can get it. But this this Bills team should win. Um, you know they are they are getting a little bit. A little bit healthier on the back end despite losing Vaughn Miller, but it's the offense that I think will score in bunches tonight against a decent New England defense. We saw what Minnesota did to them, so confident in the Bills' money line here, Cobb. You know, it's
0: interesting because you've obviously, you're you're a Buffalo Bills fan. You've been following this team quite closely this year. Um, I, I know they've they've dipped a little bit, but I haven't heard a lot of people saying the Buffalo Bills defense is not good. I, I do feel like they've regressed from being like the all-worldly defense at the start of the season, and they've had a bunch of injuries, but not good feels a little harsh for what the Buffalo defense is putting up.
1: <laughs> they, they do create turnovers, but if you watch what Cleveland did to them, um, you know, whenever that was, 12 days ago, Cleveland was moving with a lot of efficiency, and then for some reason they pulled away their the run game with Nick Chubb, and they started to throw the ball, and we started to see mistakes come and interceptions come from Brissett. Uh Detroit, Kyle, they moved the the ball pretty easily against the Bills on Thanksgiving Day. We saw what Minnesota did to them. Uh, you know, we saw what the the Jets did. I, I think this is a good defense. It's just not. It's. I mean, excuse me. I don't think it's a good defense. I think it's a very average defense right now. I think it's, you know, you can look at stats and numbers, but I, I watch these games and I see a team that is relying on turnovers. And if they get turnovers, they're going to be fine. But I see teams moving the ball pretty easily on Buffalo right now. And this New England team doesn't scare me as much as even Detroit. is as crazy as it sounds where New England beat Detroit by, what, like 50 at home. I have more. I had more fear on Thanksgiving Day than I do this evening as a Bills fan. So, um, average defense, incredible offense. Bill Belichick. Who is he going to take out of the game? He always does. It seems like it's the same thing every game. Um, you know, I, I would assume it's Diggs. So, kind of like you know, Gabe Davis and, and Dawson Knox here to have big performances. But yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a tough one. But a, a game that I think the Bills will emerge victorious. And if you have them on the money line, I think you'll be okay. Uh, Kansas City, Cincinnati, I mean, I, I think Joe Burrow is playing incredible football right now. I think Pat Mahomes is playing at another level. Uh, Kansas City defense is playing pretty well, pretty well right now. Cincinnati's defense is, is is doing the same. Uh, this this number sits at probably 2.5, maybe minus 165 for Kansas City. Man, I don't know, Kyle. I, I kind of like Cincinnati, you know, in a spot here, if you can get it to 3.5 by the points and then just do the split that I always like to do with these these type of games, and you're going to go one and one. You're not going to lose too much money. Casey money line Cincinnati plus the points, and then if you're if you're if you're a gambler like me, and you do this, and then you put in a live bet too to say, okay, I was wrong with Kansas City money line. It's ten nothing Cincinnati. You're probably already gonna, you're, you're there's a good chance you're going to win that plus three and a half bet. Then you could sprinkle some money. You know, more money on Cincinnati than Moneyline, so you so you can offset the the one and one and hopefully you go two and one. So I, I kinda like that play there, kind of like KC Moneyline and then and then Cincinnati ATS. But I, I almost kind of look at this game as you don't really have to gamble it to enjoy it. It's a great game. You know, it's 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 the two two of the three best quarterbacks in the league will be squaring off in an AFC championship rematch. One interesting
0: note from the Kansas City Cincinnati game that you were talking about. That line started out around like 150, 160. It's actually moved down to Kansas City minus 125 now.
1: Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, so. that's that's remarkable. Honestly, you know, Kyle, it's a it's a weird bet. It's a scary bet. There's a reason why these numbers are moving. You know, Cincinnati, you have to look at matchups, sometimes teams match up really well against other teams, and Cincinnati obviously matches up really well against KC, they went into KC second half of last year's playoff game and dominated them. Could be the line of scrimmage. Could be that the offensive line of KC cannot handle the Cincy's D-line. So Vegas knows, uh, the the books know, and you just have to stay away sometimes. You know, like if you're betting every game in the NFL – you're not winning money. I'm sorry. Nobody is. The best handicappers cannot do that. The best handicappers in in our country are only betting two or three games on a Sunday because they know what they're doing. So uh, the KC Cincinnati game is just just stay away or dive in live. That's that's my take on this.
0: I thought the Tennessee and Eagles game was uh, what I call a classic, uh, like 10 a.m. Sunday wild card game, which is yes. yeah. both of those teams are going to play the wild card game that most people might not watch. Um I know they play in different conferences. That's just the vibes I'm getting from them, which is like the Eagles are like the a 3 seed, the Titans are like a 5 or a 6 seed and they'll play a weird funky wild card game. But I I don't know. I think that game is going to be fine. Uh, what if you made a Philadelphia the last few weeks cuz I know everyone's kind of like sitting back and hopping off the Eagles bandwagon and I, I'm not necessarily going that far because I didn't put them on the pedestal at the start of the season like other people did. I could kind of see where the they were kind of picking and choosing their spots to to succeed. So I think I kind of already had them in that group of like three to six behind Buffalo and Kansas City. And so my perception of them hasn't changed much. What have you thought about
1: Philly? I think the loss of Dallas Garter is going to hurt them. It's going to hurt them a lot <laughs> down the line here. Uh, their running game has really improved, though. Miles Sanders has emerged from the grave because he's been horrible, I would say, in, in this two-and-a-half-year sample size of his career, in my opinion, coming out of Penn State. He looks pretty good now. Boston Scott, Kenneth Gamewell, these guys are really good complementary backs from Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts, I uh, argue the best running quarterback right now in the NFL, um, probably as good as Lamar right now. I mean, he's seen the field much better than all these guys. I think... I think this team is still very elite, and they have deficiencies. Their biggest deficiency, I think, is stopping the run. Uh, Green Bay ran the ball pretty well on them, uh, and I think the commanders did as well. So, yeah, I mean, Indianapolis ran on them. Uh, Philly Philly is in good shape because they're in the NFC, and the NFC, <laughs> uh, you know, you're, you're going to be in good shape playing in in uh, eastern Pennsylvania in January against the 49ers. Right or the Cowboys, there's just no big threats there to me. Um, playing against Buffalo or KC would be a much uh, more daunting task for the Eagles here. So they're in a great they're in a great spot. They just have to win. They just have to keep beating teams that they're supposed to beat. And the Philadelphia Eagles will, you know, clearly sail to the number one seed. And I think not going to be an easy place to win uh, at, at at the link come January because it's windy, it's cold, and a lot of these teams that play. Out west, like San Francisco, Dallas, who plays in perfect conditions, it's going to be a very daunting task. Minnesota, we saw what happened in Minnesota when they went to Philly. So, I, uh, I like Philly here to continue to be in a good spot to be the number one seed. And at this juncture, maybe the Niners are the biggest threat, but I just don't think the Niners have really figured it out quite yet. I mean, they had a great showing in Mexico against a bad team with Arizona, but Boy, that offense really sputtered against the Saints last Sunday.
0: I don't know if threat is necessarily the word I would use. And at the same time, I really want to see them match up against Tampa. I would love to watch Tampa versus Philadelphia in a playoff game. Because I think the I, we haven't seen Philadelphia against an elite defense other than Dallas, which Dallas has had an interesting defense this season. And Micah Parsons is going to probably run away with defensive player of the year. But I would love to watch Tampa or San Francisco match up against the Eagles.
1: Tampa is dysfunctional. Um, never would yeah. think you'd ever say that about a Tom Brady led team, but they're really dysfunctional on offense. If you watch yeah. the end of the Cleveland game, they, they really didn't know what they were doing out there in the game. I mean, they they just, everything looked out of whack. Mike Evans, uh, as much as I think he's a, an elite top six receiver, he doesn't even run his full routes anymore. Um, Something's wrong there in Tampa. We all fell in love with Tampa again after beating a horrible Rams team by three, basically with one second left in the game. And, you know, a somewhat comfortable win against an average Seattle team on a neutral in Germany. So this is just not a really good football team. Uh, Can they threaten the Eagles? Yeah, probably if the game was played at Raymond James Stadium, but. I just don't trust Tampa. Um, I just don't like their offense. Their defense is it's okay. Their defense, their defense makes some good plays, but um, right now, um, I would rather see Atlanta emerge as the South champions because they're just more exciting to watch on offense with bigger plays. The offense of Atlanta is is functioning better than the Tampa offense. As crazy as it sounds. You watch the uh, the Atlanta games versus Tampa. I think you'll you'll be more excited to see what Cordell Patterson and a couple of those other, you know, not even big-name receivers. There's no Kyle Pitts. There's nothing out there. But Atlanta's kind of a fun team to watch. The, the way they played against the Bears – They really, really should have beat the Commanders. I mean, just tip balls. I don't know why they're throwing the ball there. They could just keep running the ball with either Mariota or Patterson or all the other guys they have in the backfield. So, um, I'd I'd almost rather see Atlanta emerge in the playoffs, not because they're going to do anything, but just ready for this Tampa Bay thing and Tom Brady to end. You know,
0: (laughs) it would be more fun. It would be more fun to watch Atlanta score thirty and give up forty.
1: Yeah, yeah. Why not? You know, and I'm also, you know, we're I think we're we're at the point where, you know, the Yankees kind of sick of them. Right. I mean, we've all seen this show and you know, I mean, Tom Brady's, you know, listen, the greatest quarterback of all time, greatest quarterback in our lifetime, but I'm ready to move on. I'm sorry. i, I, I it, It's not a fun team to watch. Tampa Bay is not a fun team to watch. Brady cannot move whatsoever. Protection breaks down. They've lost some key players on the offensive line. So if Tampa gets in the playoffs, um, maybe they play spoiler. They're going to get, listen, whoever wins the NFC South is going to be the number four seed. They're going to have a home game and they're going to play the Dallas Cowboys. And, that will be an interesting matchup, but um, now I'm ready. I'm just ready to move on from Tom, and um, hopefully he finds a nice lady and moves on with his life as well.
0: The, the thing that makes it interesting for me is that if you put Tampa... and I, I'm not disillusioned to the fact the Eagles would be 7.5-point favorites if they played Tampa at home in a playoff game. The part that would make it interesting for me is that I think the best unit on the field despite the fact Tampa's offense is incapable of scoring 20 points, Tampa's defense might be the best unit on the field in a Cow- in a Eagles versus Bucks matchup cuz that defense has been really really good for Tampa and they've been missing four or five pieces. So you yeah, bring back Carlton Davis, who bring back yeah. Sean Murphy bunting That might be the best unit on the field, and that just at least intrigues me against the Eagles or against Minnesota, too. I mean, even Dallas, it's kind of intriguing, too.
1: Well, if if Tampa gets to full strength, I do think they will be much more dangerous because teams will struggle to score, and then maybe they get short fields for Tom Brady. And there are weapons. Can Lenny Furnett get healthy again? Can, Can Mike Evans run a route? Uh, Chris Goblin's been a pleasant surprise after all his injuries. He's playing incredible in the slot. He's probably averaging like six to eight catches per game, which is pretty solid. So uh, Tampa is capable, but maybe it's just me saying, I'm just tired of it. I'm just tired of Brady. And I got to be honest with you. I think Todd Bowles, just a horrible hire. I mean, he shows no leadership. He looks incompetent. He talks like he's incompetent. So I just feel like that whole team's in disarray um, and just really hoping for, you know, a, a young, somewhat inspired team like atlanta some can, can win this division but i think at the end of the day I mean tampa bay is a huge favorite to still win the south so they'll, they'll probably end up winning it
0: yeah the nfc south is just they had to send someone <laughs> someone yeah. had to go the, that's the same thing i feel like with the seventh playoff spot the, the last two playoff spots in the nfc are like they just had to send someone it's hard enough to find five good teams in the nfc so they just had to send someone for the last couple spots
1: well, the Commanders and Giants have a huge game. I mean, I, I feel like if the Giants lose this game, they'll probably show their true identity. Um, you know, go to seven and five and probably lose quite a few games, and then end up, you know, being an eight and nine team out of the playoffs. So, I think this is a huge, huge game for both teams. Probably a little bit bigger for New York because you know, they've they've had a rough go the last two games against Detroit and Dallas. And I think if they want any chance to be a six or seven seed, this is it. They got to win this game at home. This is what an even, you know, even even line. People are all over the commanders. I would imagine they are. um, But it's a no play for me. This Giants team is, is capable of just being so horrible. I saw that against Detroit. But I also think that what I, I did like what I saw out of New York at times against Dallas. I do think that that the Commanders' secondary could give up some points to to the Giants if the Giants if Danny Dimes plays well. I know I know the Commanders probably the. The play that most people want to take, but Giants are probably the sharp play here. Probably a lot of people are doubting them right now. They're home as a pick 'em. Rarely do you get a, a team that is seven and four in the NFL at home as a pick 'em. It's probably the way to look at this. Say, hey, you know, I'm not getting any spread. I'm not paying a tax on a money line. This team is seven and four. They've beaten seven teams. They know how to play. Probably the Giants, the sharper play, but I'm staying away.
0: You can find the Giants as good as plus three right now. That looks wow. like the best yeah. you can find, which is. Still that's pretty incredible. good, but...
1: Uh, no, that's great value. I mean, that that that's incredible value, to be honest with you. I mean, plus three, three and a half. Oh, my gosh. I mean, a, a team that's 7-4 at home. But again, you know, uh, the Commanders are playing great ball, and it's a team that I don't want to mess with right now. Uh, I'm going to stay out of the market there.
0: Uh, this game screams 17-13. Just putting sure. that out Always there. does. This
1: is <laughs> yeah. It always does. Yeah. It's always like that. It seems like that's the case every time these teams play. You're right. Thirty points. Thirty. You know, anywhere from twenty-seven to thirty-two is is typically the over under for these teams when they end up playing. So you, you know, you probably have good value on the under there. But it's gross, Kyle. It's a gross game. I'm out of the market. I'm staying away.
0: I, I completely understand, and uh, I agree. Both of those teams make the playoffs. It's just yeah they had to send someone even against Kirk cousins. And I've said about the Vikings, they could lose to literally anyone in the wild card. I would not be surprised. Like they, they could lose to like the lions and I would not be surprised in a home playoff game. But even still, if they're the two seed and there's a seven, two matchup, it's just going to be, they had to send someone. They had to send the giants. They had to send Washington. They even had to send Gino Smith. I know the Seahawks are probably going to be the six seed maybe, but like they had to send someone for the last playoff spot.
1: I like the Seahawks though. I, I really do. I like I like the explosiveness of Seattle. Their 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 defense is boomer bust. They're going to give up huge plays. We saw that at the end of overtime um, with with you know the run uh, by Vegas and with Josh Jacobs. But I like Seattle's Moxie. I like Pete Carroll. The team's fired up. Play with a lot of heart. They're playing with Geno Smith, who's a huge favorite to win comeback player of the year. As you probably should. It's still a debate though. What is he coming back from? Uh, no injuries and no really career before they're getting that, right? they're
0: getting lazy with that award they gave it to ryan yeah. Tannehill a couple years ago i'm like yeah. he came back from getting cut by the dolphins yeah just-
1: i don't i don't know who to give that to if you really want to truly give it to someone give it to someone who had a major injury or had a very impactful career and then had to you know one fails and now they're back for stake barkley is probably the, the, the true candidate with all the injuries he's had but long story short i do like this seattle team um they're and then the giants uh i hope i hope they get i hope they get the opportunity to get to the playoffs don't know who they're gonna beat but i mean i think they're gonna play with a lot of heart and a lot of fight and i think they'll end up as a six or seven seed
0: they end up as a six they might play the 49ers that could be interesting
1: yeah that could be and i think seattle has already lost to san francisco in santa clara Uh, san francisco probably has to travel to seattle which will be Really fun to watch. As long as Seattle doesn't sputter here, now they, they got to win this game. This is a, this is a get good game against the Rams, especially if Stafford's out. A must win in LA for Seattle. They lose this game, then you could say to yourself, "Yep, they're a fraud." That you know they 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 shouldn't be where they are. They barely beat Denver, who's a very intriguing story, and they've had you know the loss to Vegas. Listen, as bad as Vegas is, they're a fun team too, you know. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that it was a horrific loss, but Seattle had opportunities to close the door and they just couldn't do it. So uh, the team I, I do not want in the playoffs would be the Giants, and the teams that I do, the Giants and the Bucks, the two teams I do want to see there would be the Falcons and the Seahawks. Just for uh, you know, just from a standpoint of uh, having a lot of heart and, and showing showing the nation that you can uh, th- sling around the football and make it really fun, and that's something that I haven't seen out of Tampa or New York.
0: I keep telling people this about the Raiders, even before last week where they put up like, whatever, 40 points. The Raiders are scoring more points per game this year than last year. Last year's team that went 10 and 7 and got the fifth seed because of the weird breakdown in the wild card. This year's Raiders team is scoring more points than last year's team, and they're not giving up that many more than they were last year. They're basically the same team. They're just really unlucky in one possession games. Where last year they were super lucky in one possession games, and that's the that's the small margins of the NFL. Last year's Raiders team and this year's Raiders team are basically the same. They go ten and seven last year, and they go four and seven this year because the NFL is all one score games, and if you flip a coin a couple different ways, the entire Raiders season changes.
1: The Raiders, the Raiders should be six and five. I mean, they really should be. So you know, again, that's just sometimes it just comes down to. Poor execution and bad coaching when it counts. Really fascinating game in Vegas uh, this Sunday against the Chargers. Chargers, uh, as a favorite, they don't get it done, Kyle. As a dog, they typically do cover. They cover the number against KC, cover the number against uh, San Francisco. But when on the road as a favorite, I I don't think they've covered the number yet this whole year. Against Atlanta, I don't think they covered that. Uh, I'm just trying to think, you know, all these different games that the Chargers have been a part of. The Cleveland Browns game i don't remember if they covered that number as well but it just wasn't a a really great performance by the chargers so this charger team is really hard to figure out their defense is playing okay um you know they gave up a lot of big uh, plays to arizona i think the raiders will probably come out fired up because this is it right i mean the raiders are not they know they're not making playoffs but you win this game and you give this locker room just a glimmer of hope to win the next five games you lose this game you may as well start you know you know, booking tee times uh, for uh, late December and January because it's over. So uh, I think the Raiders will play really hard in this game. I think the Ra- Raiders are probably a good teaser spot for those who like to bet NFL teasers. NFL teasers are, you know, they're tough, man. I mean, you just—I I, as long as you're teasing over the key number of seven here, I think the Raiders would be a good teaser play to seven and a half. But other than that, it's that's a stay away game for me as well.
0: Yeah. I- Especially, this is weird for the Raiders because it seems like, by all accounts, they're going to run it back next year with pretty much the same group. I mean, maybe they're going to try and get out of Carr's contract, but it looks like there's not going to be major changes next year and they're just going to kind of bet on, we can sneak into the playoffs with this core of the team next year, but... Yeah, I don't know exactly how that plays out for them if they lose to the Chargers.
1: Derek Hart's had a pretty good season. Uh, I know, I know things have—they don't look good on paper, but especially if you're a fantasy player, over the last three weeks, I think he's QB five. That's pretty good. So overall, he's been good. He's been good. Yeah, it's just no defense, right? Uh, defense gives up way too many big plays. And, um, you know, at times we've seen no-shows from Josh Jacobs. We've seen no-shows from Devontae Adams. So uh, difficult year for for Carr and the Raiders. But uh, love to see them get back on track.